Welcome to the Riley June Show. I am your host, Riley June, Intuition Master Coach and Spiritual Activator. This podcast is here to support you on your growth and ascension journey. For those new to learning about their energy and for light leaders to set a standard in their work and practices within the industry. Running a multi-six-figure business as a light leader comes with great responsibility. And as I expand my work into the corners of the globe to help others reconnect with who they truly are, just know your time spent here with me is held sacredly. And for light leaders, it's time to show up. We have a massive mission to raise the awareness of human consciousness in our globe. So let's get to work. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have another special guest. This guest's name is Cody Edner, and it's so beautiful how you can connect with people by just putting your work and your mission and your experience out into the world. Cody's podcast rep reached out to me and it is so beautiful because Cody Ednar is someone who worked with Berkeley's um, psychic development and, and department. So this is a really fun episode that I'm excited to share with you. We get into the industry, how much it has changed. I've only been in this industry for about five years and Cody's been in it for 30. So um, he shares his perspective on what's changed, what's different. You know, we both talk about standards and the importance and value and impact of going through a spiritual ascension and journey and how it really truly does deserve to be taken so sacredly. This is your life. This is your energy. And there is no small steps that you can truly take in this experience. So I'm excited to share this with you today. Before we dive into the episode and I let you listen in on this um, beautiful interview, I'm so excited for you to tune into this. I wanted to acknowledge this sponsor for today and that is Golden Code High Vibrational Jewelry. These pieces are infused with light language and if you're not sure what light language is, light language is a channeled language from God consciousness. Every single ounce of our being is made up of, of codes. Our DNA is made up of codes. So channeling light language channels codes to help elevate and ascend your frequency, your DNA. It also is a powerful language that surpasses the subconscious mind to go directly to your soul and your molecules, your cellular system. So when wearing these pieces, you are being activated on a multitude of different levels and I highly recommend them. Use the code AFF15 to save yourself 15% off at checkout and tag me when you snag yourself a piece because I can't wait to celebrate you receiving your golden code jewelry. All right, I am going to turn this over to our interview and I truly hope you enjoy this. Oh, and now I have to choose. Okay. <laughs> Do you give me permission to record you? <laughs> I did. Like that was not a feature of Zoom up until, I don't know, just recently, a month yeah. or so ago, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Cody, so much for joining me today. I have a special guest for all of you today. I can't wait to dive into Cody, his story, the chat that we're going to get into about awareness, the impact it has on your life, the true abilities that we all are capable of tuning into, and ultimately the awareness that you can create within your own healing journey by learning and growing and tapping into self. So Cody, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Riley, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's great to be here and always excited to talk about awareness and energy and spirit and all that good stuff. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. before we dive into uh, unpacking our, our connection to self-awareness and ability for life and all these beautiful things, I would love if you could just share a little bit about your story, how you got here. I'd actually like to say What's your favorite part of your journey that led you to what you do and, and what you teach today? Oh, that's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know that I've ever sat and thought of it in the terms of my favorite part of the story, right? Because it, each step kind of led to the next thing. And there were places where I felt like drawn or called to do a certain thing or even compelled at times to pursue a path. 
my my story, I think, really began uh, quite a long time ago. I, I had my first kind of psychic energy experience when I was about 14. And um, it, it kind of ended up seeing a psychic, actually, to get a reading. And she happened to be a palm reader. And uh, I was there with my aunt, and she she was getting kind of both of us a reading. And so she went first. And as I sat in the room and sat with that psychic, uh, something happened to me. I think really what happened was I started to open up and match the energy that that psychic was in. Yeah. Because as my aunt would ask a question, I like had the answer in my head, you know, I mean, I would know something all of a sudden, and then the psychic would say, uh, you know, this, the thing I was already knowing in my head. <laughs> so in, in essence, I was kind of reading along with her unbeknownst to me. Um, and, and that was really my first experience, like, whoa, this, and in fact, it was kind of a strange not only sensation, but a strange thought, which is, oh, I could do this. And, you know, I was like 14 at the time. And so I didn't really have uh, other interests in the world, you know, that I was like, oh, I have to do this, or I would really want to pursue this. I mean, I was doing all the things, you know, we do growing up and um, having fun and just kind of exploring the world. But that was the first thing where I I was a part of doing it. It was there. I felt it. And it was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense to me. Um, and in some ways, I, I think there was this feeling that a lot of the world didn't really make sense to me uh, until I stepped into that world yeah. where the perception of energy and spirit was the part of it that was being highlighted. So a lot of the games people play and the things we pursue, um, they really didn't make sense to me. And then once I came into the energy awareness experience, it was like, oh, this makes sense. And so yeah. there was this feeling of wanting to pursue it. I think that would be my favorite kind of thing was just that initial awakening or that initial spark. Yeah. Um, and I think many people, I think, have that, like an initial opening to an awareness of energy or of spirit and you know back when i had that happen there really wasn't somewhere to go like the youtube didn't exist yeah um, this would have been in like 1979 80 um so and in fact when i got to my reading from that psychic my question was how do I develop my psychic abilities <laughs> and she really didn't have an answer at that time like for her, it was a gift that just happened to her, and she she grew up and had that uh, part of her awakened, and people around her must have just said, wow, Barbara, you're, you're like this wonderful, intuitive person, and she pursued it. Um, and so she really didn't have an answer for me, and then it wasn't until about four years later, uh, I stumbled, or maybe three years later, I stumbled into a intuitive training center and got a reading, but also got my answer basically, which is, oh, well, here's uh, some tools to start to meditate with and to start to get in touch with energy awareness and start to open up to your intuition and then pursue and develop that, right? And so that uh, really was my answer. It wasn't, um, you know, an answer uh, that someone could necessarily articulate for you. It was like, well, it's your answer to how you do it is, is this training space or is this thing, you know, that I found. Um, and, and then from there, it, it was kind of funny. So my first experience of waking up in that reading was, oh, I could do this. You know, this makes sense to me. And then I went into my first uh, energy awareness class, meditation, energy awareness class. And we were taught um, to ground ourselves. Like that was the first, just simplest thing to, to move into is how do you use your psychic energy to be grounded? And the minute yeah. I grounded myself and I was kind of in a, a place of awareness as that happened, the thought was, oh, I got to learn how to teach this. Yeah. <laughs> and that came into me. I didn't 
think that thought, right? It was like, you start to have this awareness of things arising within you. And it's almost like, well, I'm not the thing. Like normally you think you're thinking your thoughts when you get into certain energy awareness space. Um, it, it's more like it, it arises within you or it comes from somewhere and you hear it as a thought. Um, and that was that experience as so I have to learn to teach it. And so I was kind of propelled or called at each step to the, to the next yeah. um, thing. And, and even before I, I did skip one experience. So before, after I got my first psychic reading and before the class, I had gone and gotten another psychic reading at this school. And as the uh, person gave me my reading at the end, they go, do you want a healing? And I said, sure. And they just kind of raised their hand in front of them. We were sitting across from each other and they waved their hand around and I felt a rush of energy mm. and I saw a flash of colors and I thought, oh, I have to learn how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And my thought was on myself, like, I want to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, and so then that led me to the class where I thought, well, I have to learn how to teach this. So that was like 35 years ago, 34 years ago. And I have been reading and teaching and healing ever since. I mean, I did my training and, you know, a few years in, I started teaching uh, beginning classes. And then I uh, ran a, a psychic uh, development center for a decade and taught you know, hundreds of people like how to do a full-on reading. I taught thousands of people over the years. And and now I really focus on teaching uh, the, the way to use mediumship for healing. So, mm. yeah. Wow. So it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah. Beautiful journey. And it is so funny when you're sharing that, because that was very similar to me where I was like, oh, I got to, I got to learn how to teach this. As soon as I figured out that I could do it, I was like, wait, but I can't be the only one who needs to know this. And it was that spark. Right. It was that intuition. It was that, oh, this is interesting. And for the first time you feel like a full body light goes on where you're like, this, I've never been more curious, more interested, more, you know, drawn to want to know something beyond the, you know, China or Russia or chemistry that I was taught in all these grades of school that I was right. like, okay, well, I'll force this down into my brain and try and you know, puke it out. It's not the best like yeah. analogy, but it's like how it works when it comes to school. It's so interesting when we learn about our intuition or even just start to have those curiosity sparks where it's like, wait, what did you say? What did you do? Right. What just happened? And then when you follow it, it's like how you said, it's this unveiling. It's like, oh, and then the next step and then the next step. And then you find this trust in yourself as you take these courageous actions and it leads to these really incredible places. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I think your analogy is, is kind of a good one because, you know, we are confronted with all these things that we have to learn and we're yes. told we have to learn them to survive in the world. And many of them, we do have to learn to kind of be in the world and make our way in the world. But then when we awaken to this other uh, part of ourselves that uh, speaks to maybe our true or deeper nature yeah. of who we are as a being, there's a whole different level of interest or draw that might pull us into that. And so for some people, it's an energy awareness, awareness of spirit or uh, being psychic. I think other people might tap into it in the sense of a certain aspect of their creativity yeah. or expressing themselves in a creative way. Um, I don't think there's a big difference between what one... Um, works with and experiences in the psychic realm, say of reading someone's energy or healing and uh, taking that same energy and applying it to being creative in the world, creating something. Yeah. Um, whether that's a book or a piece of art or whatever, a poem, there, it's a similar tapping into uh, this energy that it goes beyond what we already know it yeah. in terms of from the world it's yeah. it's a deeper knowing um something we already know about the nature of existence itself perhaps yeah um and then and kind of who we are let's say yeah. as, as a spirit and the, you know words kind of 
fail us in that way, whether we use soul or spirit, you know, there's some have religious connotations, some just try to be more descriptive, like it's this underlying presence or energy that animates everything. And when you tap into that part within yourself, there's this whole other world. Um, I think the pursuit, even like the word psychic, it's got such so many pictures or connotations around yeah. it. It's it's hard to use that word and have it be neutral. Yeah. Um, but from a mystical standpoint, what that word speaks to is more about an awareness and a, ca- a connection with uh, the soul essence of yeah. oneself, like psychic is soul essence yeah. or soul energy. Um, in the world out there, in the media, you know, it, it's kind of been woo-wooified i guess <laughs> As if been, it means something more yeah um, it's been yeah. desensitized and dumbed down and portrayed and all these witchery types of things which of course comes with energy energy comes down to light and dark but yes it also you know who are you learning from and what are their values and where are they rooted in and their source connection and that's something that i've seen a lot within this industry in particular is um I started developing my gifts and abilities alongside some other women who were either on, they were the self-love teacher or they were the, you know, family healing dynamic teacher or coach or whatever. And um, in particular, the uh, one of my friends, she took the route of becoming a self-love coach and her family's very rooted in God, um, Indian faith, um, uh, I think the Indian Christianity, I don't know how the religious stuff works. I just, I just got my own connection, <laughs> Right. but um, she was very rooted in like God, they prayed, they did all these beautiful things, these ceremonies. And she started to emulate chasing money as a means to validate her experience. And so she would go into these meditations, into these healings, and she would work with these, you know, energy healers and teachers. And she would, I've never seen someone be more conflicted, more, obsessed, more overwhelmed with their life and their work. And she'd come to me and she'd be like, what do you think about this? And I'd be like, no, man, like, that's not whatever you're doing. I don't even need to be a psychic to know that's not good stuff. And she ended up having a mental breakdown, going into the hospital, ending up in addiction counseling. And it was interesting because um, very much like what you said, you know, the word psychic is very triggering to people. You either have the very religious people who say that is condemned by the Bible, or you have the very atheist right. people who say that's not possible and that doesn't exist and that's all bad. Or you have the people in the middle who's I feel like is the mass majority of people who are curious or interested or want to know and learn, which is where we see that split of the world where they're finding themselves. Um, but in that comes that opportunity of, you know, what are what are you rooted in when sharing, when teaching, when moving through this experience? Where do you want to be rooted in when learning and developing and connecting? Because, you know, there's always going to be a light and dark to everything. And Ultimately, I feel like our ability in, in the middle of all of that is the mediator is to teach neutrality, is to teach them to find themselves, is to help people to find themselves. But that equally comes with us being in, in neutrality. And so it's really interesting just witnessing the shape of the industry. And I mean, I say this from, you know, being new to it. <laughs> right. Acknowledge that. Yeah. I'm sure you've had you, you've had your years in this space and watching it grow and learn. And I'd actually love to know from you, what is something that you're seeing um, now when it comes to spiritual development versus prior to maybe in the first 10 or 20 years that you've been in this? What's different about now and then? There, there's quite a few things, I think, that are different. Um, one is when I uh, started doing it, I, I don't think anyone would have used the term industry for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that yeah. that would have had that idea in it that, that somehow, um, you know, that, for instance, you would probably have been um, probably, would have, it would have been difficult perhaps to find a uh, a meditation school that you could go to that's going to teach you how to teach meditation in, you know, a hundred hours or something, yeah. or whatever. Um, like that wouldn't have been a thing, right? Yeah. Like uh, you were lucky to find a place or a person <laughs> that uh, could mentor you in, in the, these arts. So it was 
there was still there was the uh, religious, of course, side of spirituality or the religions that own yeah. uh, what we might consider spirituality. And there was, say, the the meditation, like Buddhism aspect of it. Yeah. So there were places you could go to, to meditate. But in terms of like the contemporary, um, maybe more new age emergent um, information that partly... You know, it maybe takes some Eastern philosophy. I think it also arose a bit out of uh, some of the the more um, like spiritualist tradition of energy awareness. And, you know, a lot of that started around uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. There's a lot of writings from then. Yeah. Of course, Edgar Cayce became big. Yeah. So there was this kind of tradition coming up in um, modern, say, society that was the spiritualist mindset. Um, so back when I started to do it, first it was all done in person in terms of how I did it. We didn't have Zoom. We didn't, we had a, you didn't have a phone conference system you could use. I guess you could get a couple of people on a telephone and do something, <laughs> but mostly it was in person. And, um, and then even when I started to teach, you know, a, a, a group of people would gather who were interested and who were certainly interested in uh, exploring meditation and also energy awareness and energy healing. Um, and you, you might say, well, how many of you have uh, grounded or have a sense of that concept? And nobody in the room would, you know, back in the mid 80s, uh, maybe one person. Now I get a group together and it's like well how many of you have grounded and everybody has yeah, like it's yeah. become common uh place in our language um a sense of your own space is common um in a lot of ways um certainly at the physical level you know in, in my daughter's school even years ago there would be ideas and pictures about you know staying in your own bubble your own space not you know like wow going out of it and touching other people. Um, there's an aspect of that that we work with, which would be recognizing your own energy space, your aura and defining that, knowing what that is. Mm -hmm. um, but so some of these different ideas have really crept into the mainstream. And there is an industry now around what was otherwise this kind of fringe spirituality idea and this thing that you would go to where now it's, you know, marketed and it's out there in a very different way. So it's kind of the wild west in that regard, because it used to be that, um, you know, a person would have to have quite the experience with it to then be able to start to gather a group into their home and teach them and then grow that into uh, a physical building. Uh, now someone doesn't, have to know anything they can just make a youtube and put it out and say they you know well they can just recount something they read yeah and they could become popular because it's all personality rather than information yeah. uh, so it makes it the wild wild west and the problem with that in in the spiritual pursuit and it's kind of a funny paradox because it's it's kind of this paradox between oh well that's not really real yeah. And then when something happens, it's so real that people can <laughs> yeah. totally lose everything. Yep. Um, so it's like, ah, that's not real. Sure, I'm just going to play with that. And then something opens up and now they, you know, their relationships fall apart. They can't hold a job. They don't know who they are. It's like, oh, well, that unreal thing that was not real. Look what it just did to you because it actually is the only thing that's real. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a funny place we see ourselves in uh, that is scattered, ungrounded, unfocused. Um, so our our work as a school. So I, I have a uh, a podcast as well, but I also have a intuitive training school, and part of the foundation of the school I came out of and the school that I now have is it's about learning how to open up your intuition and open up into your energy awareness uh, and do it safely, yeah. let's say, yeah. right? So there's a foundation of getting grounded and centered, um, not just at a some 
esoteric concept, but like actually what does that mean to have your psychic energy grounded and to be centered in your core versus kind of spin out into say the ego can take over uh, the shadow side. Um, The part of the problem is that just because you awaken to intuition and to your psychic energy doesn't mean that you automatically change out of the habitual mind pattern that was already there. So yes. if you're if you're fixated on money or if you are you know having trouble with dysfunctional relationships, opening up to energy doesn't cure that. It may actually exacerbate yeah. it and make yeah. it worse Absolutely. unless you have a way to stay grounded and to process as you open up to clear the dysfunctional pattern of energy. And and I would say those things that we might consider addictions um, or uh, you know, fixations, those are like dysfunctional patterns of energy yeah. to, to an energy healer. Like I look at it and go, oh, the energy's stuck here. Let's help process, you know, work you through that and release that. Yeah. Um, if you're going to start to turn that on in yourself, the, the intuitive awareness, you have to have a way to process that in yourself to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, so what we have right now in the in the world where where everybody can just get open themselves up and but there's no direction no grounding yeah Yeah. um and my teacher used to say this a lot is well we got a lot of sick psychics so you know if you turn on as a psychic but you don't have a clear core or clear picture uh, then whatever thing you were struggling with could just become the thing that takes over Um, and so that's a real danger actually um i i think that's something that we'll grow out of because I think we're in our infancy as yeah. in terms of awakening to this kind of awareness being available to everybody because yeah. it was always held in, in for the, the few and harnessed or it was secret or it was controlled yeah. and now it's just out there. Yeah. Um, so that's different. That's just very different because um, it was still a little bit, hidden when I started and it was hard to find and it wasn't for everybody and there was little groups here and there and you know there was different ways people were pursuing it um and that's just kind of really shifted over the last decade or so yeah the internet I think mostly yeah there's some really important things that you taught on or you're you've talked on that is I feel so important for anyone who is desiring to hold space for someone else that it's not just okay well you did this healing or you took this reiki training or you know you know these five steps to activate you know your clairvoyancy but turning around and teaching that to someone is a completely different thing than you doing it for yourself because just Mm -hmm. like you said when you were like um you know you can you can exacerbate the very problem that you're having by opening up these gifts. If you don't have standards and values and morals and self-understanding and grounding, and you don't have a protection routine and you don't understand what protection means. And and you're also in all of that, not working on the very problem that you have that then turning around and being like, Oh, well, this helped me really, this helped me so well. You know, I want everybody to be helped and be healed and all these things. And I now have this tool. It's like, But if you don't understand how to help someone cope or help someone move through that experience, or you don't have more than one tool to help someone with, because there's a multitude of tools that we can use. And by no means am I an expert to all of them, but I really genuinely took the time and the attention to learn as much as I can and continue to learn because it's a growing space. We are all growing. People are coming out of childhood wounds and ancestral wounds and, you know, personal wounds and money wounds and relationships on all these wounds. And when you activate, it's not just like this mystical thing. That's so incredible. And your life sprinkles magic dust and you float on the rainbow and the money pours in and the love of your life shows up and the baby is born. It's like, no, like that is possible. But are you willing to work in the interim on the very thing that you are trying to learn to get out of? Because if you're not willing to look at that and you're going to these people who aren't educated enough, who don't understand what it means to hold space, who are not activating you safely or sacredly, then you're going to have a catalytic experience in the opposite direction. I have turned away clients because they have 
um, mental issues or they have some in cases demons attached to them from drug addictions that they're just coming out of and they want to learn their intuition they want to get to god and i'm like i'm not the person to help you with this like this is where counselors and therapists really do come into play and mm -hmm. i feel like for lightworkers and healers and psychics and however we want to word ourselves when it comes to actually teaching and even offering readings that holding that space or even Reiki healings is important because you're moving people's energy. And when you move people's energy and you don't have a mechanism or a way of helping them cope beyond your experience, then they become reliant on you. Just like they are reliant on that very behavioral pattern that they are trying to escape that they no longer agree with. And that was something that really transitioned me when I decided to start teaching was if I'm going to take this seriously, well, I need to learn things like cognitive behavioral therapies and, and emotional patterns and ways that people work and, you know, get myself enrolled into one-off psychology courses until I'm ready to take, you know, the master degree or, or ultimately just find a standard because there is, you're working with someone's psyche, like a psychic is working with the psyche and the soul is a part of the psyche. So if you're working with the energy, the emotions of a person, then it's important for you to understand how to create the containers or ultimately at least know what your scope of work is. And so when you were saying that, I was just like full body. Yes, 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 yes to all of this. And I'd be so interested to learn how, or to know how you're using mediumship as a tool to help people um, when it comes to connecting with their energy. Yeah. And, and that's a, so so maybe I have to kind of back up and kind of give the bigger picture of the yep. training idea. So, you know, the part of this kind of wild west is, you know, there, you can go to a weekend training in this, that, and the other thing. Yep. And that's not really how we train. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with going on retreat and experiencing new things and exploring, but for our, it's not like something that's hackable. And that's, yeah. I think that's part of our current culture of get everything faster yeah. and, you know, you can hack it. Yeah. Um, that's not a really good approach, but that's very much the mentality that can be there. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to master my spirituality and then, you know, I'll get all the things I want. Yeah. Um, that is not spirituality. That's just <laughs> yeah. trying to get all the things you want yeah. and thinking spirituality is going to do it because you tried other things and you know, you're still looking. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not really how it, how it works. Uh, so the training in order to be uh, safe and, and, you know, we might even use an analogy. It's like your spiritual training is, is in part, or this spiritual opening and connection is about opening up to and starting to become a different you, like bringing out a different you that's, this say, speaks to the, the deeper sense of who you are as a, a knowing yourself a, as a spiritual being, right? So we could, we can use an analogy of like martial arts, you know, would you would you go to a weekend seminar where at the end they say, well, here's your black belt yeah. and then go out and think that you're going to be able to defend yourself and protect yourself against an assailant? Uh, of course not, because that's not how it works. Well, spirituality is no different. Yeah. If you're going to open up into this world, you open yourself up to see out, but that also means now you're going to be seen yeah. at that level by the world. And what do you do with that? How do you walk in such a way that you are safe um and it's not right just to say defense defend yourself because it's not that you're necessarily attacked yeah. it's that when you're seen and you're seen as someone that has this power this energy people tend to project their problem in onto you to solve yeah. so it's not like you're protecting yourself because people are out to get you. It's more like, how do you protect yourself when everybody wants something from you? Yeah. And what is that boundary? Yeah. So our training is over the course of a year where you're going to class every week. You're doing two full-on energy readings where you're reading other people a week. So you, you have hundreds and hundreds of hours of class instruction and experience reading someone's aura and energy and working with energy by the time you're out of that. Then you can step into kind of practicing um, outside of that 
that bubble or that container. So that class container makes it safe because you're also getting feedback from other experienced readers and getting guidance and you're being taught about the pitfalls as they come up and about what you get stuck on as it comes up and about what happens. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole year of that. Then after you practice that, after you graduate and practice for a while, then you can come into the mediumship training I do. So it's like a postgraduate type thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that has to do with delving into a whole other aspect of the, the spiritual and transcended side of the energy. So we might think of the psychic energy and the intuitive energy as all the stuff that is in the interaction, say, between you and I in the body. Yeah. So you have psychic energy, I have psychic energy, there's connections, there's energy cords, there's energy pictures going back and forth, we're swapping energy. Um, and so how do you kind of navigate that? All of our chakras are interacting and opening and closing. It's a lot going on yeah. that you can sit and watch. Um, mediumship is about opening up to the thing that's beyond what's happening here yeah. and kind of bringing that in or becoming the container for that energy or awareness that would kind of be there on the other side of the veil, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's a very different space than say grounded in the body psychic. So we might describe the, the mediumship space versus the psychic space. And these words get, conflated and, and interchanged all the time but just to understand it a little bit we might think of it as the psychic space the intuitive space is in the body so yeah. you you're in the body looking say if we're talking about it in the sense of looking you're accessing your sixth chakra third eye and you're looking at an energy field and from the mediumship space you go to a whole different energy place out of the body. You take that 10,000 foot view and you kind of look and work from there. Yeah. Um, how you might use that for heal. Of course, there's healing that comes through you at that moment to the other person. So yeah. that just happens. There's also healing that happens in oneself because you, you expand into an expanded sense of like beyond the identity that you have in the body, you, you, sense this bigger part of yourself and it's kind of one of those things that once you see it you can't unsee it yep. so once you experience that of yourself when you come back you you come back in that new way in that yeah. new energy and as that new person so there's this growth that happens as you pursue that within yourself um so so that's kind of the journey it's like starting to open up to your intuition, using that to heal yourself, to unravel places where your energies, um, you know, gotten caught into patterns or games or conditioning of the past so that you realign to like being yourself right in the moment, you know, like being in a place to, to envision whatever it is you want for yourself to direct your energy uh, beyond the blocks into what you want to create. Um, and then the, the, the medium pursuit is about kind of exploring that stuff that's, that's transcended or that's beyond, which many of us have interest in. It's not a given. You don't have to. Someone who becomes very adept at energy healing, psychic work, uh, it being kind of working through and in the body, that might be the thing they enjoy and that's all they do. Yeah. And then others go, wait, what's this other place, this other energy? Yeah. Yeah. Like where, which it amounts to where you go when you die. So people who've yeah. had near death experiences, they have experienced basically that space. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the vastness of consciousness can only be perceived on the other side, but it's so fascinating for us to be able to have abilities that we can develop sacredly. We can touch it. Yes. Yeah. We can, touch, we can it. touch it. Yes. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing. I found this. Um, it's interesting, uh, connecting with mediumship and teaching mediumship. It's this is kind of like the, the, uh, word psychic. It has the positive and the negative shit. You have the religious people who denounce it. And then you have the people who are like, that's not possible. And the people in between her are like, okay, well, what does this mean? And right. I've come to find that in working with the people in between, <laughs> 
that it's that curiosity that then they can learn that, you know, it's not so scary, you know, when you follow passion and purpose and love and light, then you're, Mm -hmm. you're good. You're safe. You're, it's a beautiful place. The other side isn't a place to fear. And when you emulate and you follow things like celebrities and money and these negative behavioral patterns, and you never look at it and you never try to work on it and you don't ask for forgiveness and you don't, you just, you want to be better, but you don't want to do the work. It's like, well, what are you actually working with them? And I've found there's a few mediums that I've, that really triggered me to want to create some form of standard because there isn't one really in this space where it's like, you can't just teach everybody mediumship. That's not how this works. And, you know, some say that's my opinion, but then walking people through that activation, it's like, no, but are you there to support them in the middle of the night where they're crying? Cause they're beating themselves up because of that time five years ago when they cheated on their husband or, you know, when they got bullied in high school and that's all now coming up because you've opened that activated consciousness awareness. I have one client who she went into, she started with Reiki level one and decided she was going to go into grandmaster quantum training. And she was shot. She's been out for the last eight months. Her nervous system is shot. She can barely go out in public, her mind she's in counseling. She's in therapy. I'm like, there's a real danger to these things when you just think, well, I'm just going to go all the way to the other side of the spectrum. It's like, no, like it takes away the sacredness. It takes away the the beautiful ability that we can harness within ourselves when you just like try and jump all the way in. And I love how you talk about it being a process. It's, you know, it's beyond just, you have to take the time to learn appropriately because there is, there's a true power within it that science can only prove to some extent. And when science can only prove something to some extent, well, what are you connecting with? And that's where I find that it comes back down to you know, the values and morals of the person teaching it. And are you in this teaching people for money? Cause you can do this really cool thing. Or are you in this because you genuinely care about people and you found this really beautiful way of living and you want to help them. And so you create standards around it. And I love, I love looking through your program and how it outlined like the importance of the work that you do and the way it can change your life and transform your life, but the power of meditation and self-awareness, like this isn't just, you know, a trick. It's not a tip. It's not a hack. Like you said, it's right. It's the application. It's, it's the work and that's the best part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my hope would be that we're teaching someone to one, develop a meditative practice, right? So they're get to the place where they're meditating hour like an hour a day of meditation would not be unreasonable for uh someone that is working in the intuitive energy level it might take that much just to maintain your space and sanity um so that's part of the training is developing a meditative practice that goes along with whatever it is you might do interactively out in the world so the meditative practice is for you internally and then the tools can be used in a meditative way and then they can also be applied in an interactive way in the world so uh, they're the same tools of energy awareness but they interact they they are used very differently when you're meditating versus uh, out in the world interacting Um, so that is the foundation though is the energy awareness and tools that go with that and then developing a practice of moving ourselves into that place of awareness and like knowing what our own energy is clearing out the energies that aren't ours so that we're integral in our energy space we're learning how to have integrity in our energy space um and you know that word i know people uh, use that word as a, a moral word, you know, someone has integrity or not, but from an energetic standpoint, integrity, or, or if you apply to anything other than, you know, the the world, social world, if someone has integrity or not, the integrity of a bridge is what keeps it standing and not yeah. collapsing. The building in Florida that just collapsed did not have integrity, yeah. right? That's why it collapsed your psychic energy space when you meditate and get into that level of awareness to kind of own and have your your full energy your energy 
bubble, your your aura becomes more integral and has a level of integrity. And then you're less susceptible to having other energies impact you and influence you and make you have a bad day because we're that sensitive that someone else's energy can come in and impact us and suddenly we're upset or we have a bad day or we don't like ourselves all all, anymore like you know like what's that about yeah so we're learning how to manage those sensitivities yeah when we open up uh to the the psychic side of ourselves or the energy side of ourselves yeah absolutely oh so good well i want to be conscious of your time but i would love to ask you one last question and that is for anyone who is you know, starting off there in that curiosity space, maybe they're looking into meditation and what is a, um, what is some advice that you would offer someone who is just starting their journey in learning to uncover their spiritual abilities? Yeah. So boy, there's a couple of things. I mean, one is don't get, don't get too stuck on any one teacher or system, you know, to begin with, because you're trying to find that place like when I opened up to this type of awareness it was like oh things make sense to me right like there's just this background feeling and and thought of oh this makes sense so that let me know that that's the thing to pursue so when you start to kind of pursue meditation or energy awareness you know you'll get guided if you listen to yourself of what makes sense to you or where your interest goes yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of different styles and ways out there. There's no shortage now of uh, resources. Like if I, if I wanted to have a guided meditation when I started, I had to like research somewhere to order a cassette tape, you know, and then have it mailed to me. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't like, I had to order it with a telephone or, or write out an order form and mail it, right? Now you just can go online and look up meditation or look up energy awareness, um, but don't get too stuck on any one thing, kind of explore it and then yep. follow your interest. Um, I think there's a, I think one bit of advice would be to recognize it as a practice. So you're, yeah. you're looking to find that thing that you would be comfortable doing and doing over and over again. So it's not a hack. It's not like, oh, let's just fix this part of myself. That's not yeah. what you're doing. You're opening up to a part of yourself that it's it's more like an art. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between something that we, a skill that we master and an art that we pursue is we can pursue that art and grow in it for our entire life. Yeah. Um, and that's martial arts has that name. Um you know, and spirituality is more like that. It's an art, something you would pursue. So you're trying to find that thing that you're comfortable with that makes sense to do, um, that you can step into and see yourself doing it and feel like, feel your way into doing it. And it's not like a big deal to do it. And starting to meditate, um, I think we have to get out of the all or nothing mentality too. So we, we tend to, you know, be in that mentality in our Western world of, I have to get it all and all now. So I'm going to start to meditate and I need to sit for an hour and meditate because that's what all the people say. And then I sit there for four minutes and I'm bored and I can't see and I can't do it. And I go, I guess I can't meditate. Yeah. Uh, You can meditate for three minutes a day to begin with, and then five and then 10, then 15, you know, and a few months in suddenly you're going to be comfortable and doing whatever you've connected with and then you come out and you go, wow, a half hour went by. I didn't even know that a half hour, like that's how meditation works, but you have to build the muscle. So yeah. I, I think it's find something you have an interest in that you're drawn, that you can see yourself doing it may not be the thing you do forever. It's just your starting point. And then take the expectation off yourself and let it be something you're exploring and uh, learning about. So whether if you can only do it five minutes a day, that's perfect. Start yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, Cody, how can my audience find you, connect with you? Do you have anything out right now that you are teaching or sharing with the world? Yeah. Well, so you can certainly find uh, me and uh, my co-host, David Gandelman, and our podcast, Energy Matters, which is just on all the usual things. 
And then we have uh, Energy Matters Academy, um, and that is a website. And in there, you will find our courses. We have an intuitive training course that is in process right now, but we're we're always taking you know names to, to, to then start a course, which maybe in the fall we don't we don't know yet when the next one will start, but we're yeah. we're certainly open to uh, just get on our, our mailing list for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to link all of your links in the show notes so you guys can go check them out. It was absolutely wonderful connecting and chatting with you today. What a beautiful conversation and so relevant to our state of the world and everyone growing and ascending in, in this these changing times. <laughs> yes, very much. Yeah. Keeping up with these changing times. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And um, let me know when this comes out. Absolutely. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. All of the information for Cody is going to be linked in the show notes below so that you can go and check him out. I also wanted to let you know that this month in the Expander membership, we have the Higher Self Masterclass that I am going to be teaching this coming Thursday. So this masterclass is going to help you to connect with your soul's intuition, to trust in yourself. The theme of the membership this month is trusting myself. So we're all about making decisions, making changes, choosing and selecting things that are aligned with our truth, trusting in ourselves and everything that we do. And this masterclass is going to help you to step into that connection. This membership is also loaded with tons of other energy, uh, intuition development trainings. We have weekly meditations, bi-weekly readings and coaching sessions, and so much more within this space for you, as well as the incredible community of women for only $22.22 a month. So come and join us, hang out in this space, especially if you're looking for self-development and community experiences. There's tons of threads on different things going on in the world. Everyone weighs in with so much love and respect, which is so beautiful to see. And I just look forward to seeing you in there with us as well. So if this is something calling to your heart, the link is in the show notes below, and I look forward to seeing you inside. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Sending you so much love. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.